The bridge officer on watch keeps a lookout and takes responsibility of safe navigation. The watchkeeper in the engine room ensures that the ship's engines and machinery continue to operate effectively and efficiently. Guard is a marine insurer, helping our members and clients manage risks and its consequences. We handle major casualties, including collision, pollution, salvage, and wreck removal, and we learn from these experiences. Together with our members and clients, we work towards sustainable maritime development, supporting new ideas and technologies for a safer and greener shipping industry. I'm Kunal Pathak, and I'm Kim Jeffries. On Watch is our opportunity to share the experiences and ideas that inspire us. Kunal kicked off our podcast with his series about seafarer abandonment. Now it's my turn to focus on a subject I feel passionate about, the problem with plastic in our oceans. Last year, Guard had our first up-close and personal experience with the spill of plastic pellets. These pellets, or nurdles as they're often called, are the building blocks of most plastic products and produced in the billions by petrochemical companies. The nurdles, about the size and shape of a lentil, are transported in containers on trucks, rail cars, and ships to the wholesalers and then to the particular manufacturer that creates the end product. I talked to Gisela Rong of our Bergen-based member Seatrans and my colleague Ula Osbo about the spill from the Roro vessel Transcarrier that impacted the Oslo Fjord. Welcome, Gisela and Ula. Let's just start by setting the stage. And can I get some background from you, Gisela, about what happened? Yeah, you can. Uh, nice to be here, by the way. It's good to have this opportunity. So let's start. Uh, Transcarrier, a, a Roro vessel of ours, was uh, leaving uh, the port of Rotterdam in, in the winter of uh, 2020. Uh, she, she was loaded normally, um, but uh, as, as we know, winters in the North Sea can be challenging. So they, they, they faced a heavy storm. And during that storm, some of the cargo on weather deck shifted. So this was noticed by the, the officer on watch, and they uh, they changed the course and they did what they could do to secure the cargo. But uh, but uh, there was no possibility to do much, basically. Let me just uh, ask you there. Say, secure the cargo. The cargo was in a, a container. Is that right? Yeah. It's containerized, so so this is a Roro vessel. So there were containers on weather deck. So on open deck there were containers, and and uh, some of the containers were filled with these plastic pellets. Can you tell me where these pellets were loaded and where they were going? It was coming from Rotterdam, the factory where they produced this plastic pellets. We we had a plan to discharge it in Stavanger, uh, and it should be transported further to. To the to the end user of the of the plastic, it's a it's a company in Norway who produce plastic products for for the offshore industry. Um, so so I uh, where it goes after we leave it, that's that's <laughs> that's it can go anywhere basically. We we noticed that there some of the pallets were on deck, so we assumed it also had been spilled to sea. So uh, we informed the uh, the Norwegian authorities. Uh, about the spill. Um, this was in international waters, uh, just outside 
well west west of of Denmark. So we we informed the the, the Norwegian authorities uh, that we had a spill, and that we we uh, we didn't know the, the the quantity of it, but we had had an incident. Uh, we continued to to the voyage. Arrived Stavanger. We informed Stavanger port that we had some remains of this cargo on deck. That during discharging the the containers, we might also have some spill in the port. We discharged the container. It was put on on the key. Um, unfortunately, it was almost forgotten because because it was it was out of everyone's mind. Until later in, in, in March, when 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 it was discovered plastic pellets uh, on the coast of, of of eastern eastern Norway. Thanks, Gisla. Now let's um, let's turn to Ulla. Tell me a little bit about uh, guards' involvement. How did you get involved in this? I can start with saying that when we first uh, got the phone call from Sea Trans about the. Uh, about uh, the spill, uh, actually it started with them having noticed in uh, local media from the eastern part of Norway that there was a spill uh, occurrence on the beaches there and they themselves um, related this to the spill they had several weeks before. Uh, and at first we discussed, I remember from that phone call, that uh, whether or not this could have uh, a correlation, so to speak, because it was very distant and uh, and a very great lapse of time. But based on our experience uh, from the currents in the in the North Sea and Skagrak, uh, we decided to to call the Norwegian Coastal Administration because we know from before that floating objects or or uh, liquids or anything tend to follow the coastal current uh, north of Denmark into the Skagerrak Basin, then turn left uh, close to the Swedish border and 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 um, and then if, if not caught on the beaches, follow the current going southwestwards um, just outside the Norwegian coastal line. Uh, so basically it has been driven with the with the currents uh, uh, up along the Danish coast touching into the Swedish coastline and then going ashore on the, on the Norwegian coast of Skagrak. I received a, a phone call from, from my uh, normal contact person within Citrans uh, and we discussed the situation and, and then we, uh, we immediately afterwards from guard called uh, our normal contact person within the Norwegian Coastal Administration. So, um, so uh, God was the one that actually did it, but uh, on behalf of Citrans, of course. And um, and at that time, uh, the Norwegian Coastal Administration they they had been uh, uh, let's say investigating this spill for for some weeks, uh, and they were in the blind because they they. Um, they didn't know where it came from, and they they thought they felt that they had no indications. Um, so, so they were very relieved when we called them and and said that we may know something about the source. The the initial information from us was done 
not immediately when we had the spill because that was storm and it was nighttime and it was dark and everything. Yeah, so we waited until earlier the next morning to make that initial call to the coastal administration. And then we had a different position than outside Denmark. Then we were west of Norway or, or on the coast of Norway. So they, but we informed them where the incident happened. But they didn't manage to connect these two because they thought our report was was um, outside the coast of Norway when it, when it was uh, actually outside the coast of Denmark. They missed up this uh, initial information from us. And then when 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 Ule or when when God called them and and, and tried to make a connection between between our spill and what they found in, in, in Oslo, then, then sort of things made sense. They, they, had done, they had done a lot of investigation in the area uh, after the, the initial spill on the coastline. So, um, so they, they found the spill on the coastline and then they, they analyzed the, the, the pellets and uh, involved the plastic industry and they made some investigations and so it was actually through the receiver of the the, the pellets from our side that we got information uh, so it took a long time also to investigate how this could who was the source of this from the authority side from the industry side before it reached us and and what also happened was that it was it was it was in the media, but it was local in the Oslo area, so we didn't hear about it on the news. So we didn't hear about it anywhere, um, even if it was a really hot topic, sort of in the Oslo area. Okay. So it took a lot of time before it reached us, and then then we took we took action immediately when we heard about it and contacted God and agreed on how to how to proceed. Okay, so let's, um, now that the dots uh, were connected, let's talk about what happened then. When you say you acted immediately, what kind of things did you do? I guess that's my question. Yeah, that's for yeah. you. <laughs> no, we, 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 I think we, we heard about this. Uh, and then we, we, we were approached by, by, uh, the end user of the pallets and we, uh, we 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 knew that we had a spill um, we contacted guard uh, that was our initial re response and we agreed to to approach the coastal administration um, that was what we did in, uh, immediately um, and then it's a, then it's a it's a continue from our side. It's a, once things sort of sort of uh, settled, or, or once we, we we got an overview, we established a dialogue with the coastal administration and 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 started working. Let me just uh, take a side trip there. When you say contingency, um, I think this is something that's known in in our industry, but maybe not widely. We refer to um, contingency plans and uh, activating a t contingency team. Um, it's in our industry, it's uh, what we do when we have a, a major casualty and guard has its, its own plan as well. This is something that would be activated for an oil spill. And so now what you're saying is you're activating it for 
a plastic spill. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I can fill into what Kisu said that the day after we had notified the coastal administration, uh, they uh, issued an, a formal order to Citrans to to start um, doing uh, what's possible to prevent further spreading of the um, pellets and also collecting them. Uh, that was on the day after, uh, and and the same day we we sat together, Citrans, Guard, and the Norwegian Coast Administration, and and started a very I must say, close and good cooperation that lasted throughout the, the whole operation, which actually has, is up until now. And we acted on, on the background of that order. It was then just a few days later, uh, five days later, uh, the Coastal Administration decided to organize this as a government-led operation. So they sort of uh, placed themselves in the driving seat and, and uh, took over the, the entire organization. And, and the reason for that is that there were so many areas affected, so many uh, uh, parties involved, volunteers, uh, possibly other countries uh, affected. So, uh, so that's uh, that's only customary for them to to uh, organize it as a government-led uh, operation in such cases uh, but we it, it didn't that didn't change much in practical terms because we had already for five days worked as a as a team i would say you correct me if you think i'm <laughs> wrong Gisle, but I, I think we we sort of worked as a team with the authorities and and um, they too hadn't much experience from uh, plastic pellets uh, uh, cleanup uh, operations. So we had to think creatively and uh, ideas, uh, good and less good ideas, were presented uh, as they appeared in, in um, someone's mind and we discussed in meetings and some of them were tried out in, uh, in practical life. There were vacuum cleaners involved and were were dug in uh, in beaches in order to collect uh, floating pellets in them and and sort of uh, yeah pick them out of the basins again. Um, so so we we had to learn as we went on uh, all all the all parties. Yeah, um, we we realized once we were involved uh, that that there has already been done a lot by the people that already do clean up on the beaches because there are there are volunteers or maybe not volunteers but 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 there are groups of people that are concerned about the pollution of the oceans and are concerned about the plastic in the oceans and they do beach cleanup and 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 these groups we contacted and we and 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 that was that was where we how, how we organized the cleanup basically um so 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 and, and there are many there are many groups or, or companies or i don't know what to call them they're not they're not all volunteers so so they're not doing this for charity they are they are paid workers but 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 they this is what they do so so 
if if we could they're pro almost professional plastic cleaners if <laughs> if that's uh, that's uh, something to call them um but they knew they had experience uh, they had they had more experience than us at least on on how to do this cleanup and and um that worked out well we early realized that we need to we need we need all imagine there are 700 million i think nurdles that is spread around so it's a it's a huge challenge and it's an impossible challenge to pick them all up yeah so so you need a lot of hands and you need a lot of activity to pick as much as possible and then we 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 came up with an idea uh, and it's it's not a, together with all the other actors of course to to arrange a lottery and and we said that okay we go out to the to the schools and to the to the public in the area and say okay you you fill up a bottle um, an empty bottle an empty soda bottle of of plastic garbage that you collect from the beach and you need to put some noodles or plastic pallets in this bottle and then you put this bottle into a container that we have placed around and then we 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 picked uh, a winner of a prize. I think it was it was three weekly winners, and then it was one one major prize at the end. And it was a school class who won the major prize. So that was that was that was positive for them, you know, to 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 have this prize, and you can use that as as a common thing for the school. So so that was positive. I also received a feedback on a, on an email from from an agent of ours in the area where he, where he wrote that he had been out and he had seen a lot of people cleaning the beaches putting plastic into bottles and putting them into this container so so it created an created some uh, a willingness or an, uh, something among the people to we will clean up this and and the challenge, of course, from our side is we, it's our responsibility to clean up. So we have been clear on that from day one. This is our responsibility and we will make sure we clean up. But I can't, or we can't go and pick. So we need people to do this. And, and the best way to do this is, is to activate the public. Um, but we, we don't want to be recognized or seen on as someone who takes advantage of the public. You know, to who, who try to sort of push everything onto the volunteers and those people who who do this uh, as a charity almost. So, so that's that balance to to be able to 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 get the public involved, but not be seen as someone who takes advantage of their goodwill. That has been a lot of discussed, and 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 we have been very careful to. To actually pay people who do the cleaning to to reward those who who, who does an effort uh, to clean up our mess, basically. Yes, that's very that's very good. So um, the individual cleaners not only picked up the noodles but also other plastic, small plastic pieces that they found, put their names on the bottle with uh, I guess it would be a mobile phone number or something, yeah, yeah. and put them in the designated spot. So yeah. I think that was. Uh, it's it's important because they were not just hunting nurdles. They were also picking up other small pieces of plastic that yeah. they uh, found. So that yeah. was very good. It's it's almost impossible to pick pick only nurdles. Well, it is impossible. 
and, and it also makes no sense to when you're at a beach and there are plastic on the beach and then we send only people out to pick the noodles that's that's just stupid so so we have been very clear from day one that we will clean and we will pick up what we can pick up so as of today we have cleaned more other plastics than noodles so uh, so um because it's easier it's more it's more of it so it, it's strange because it you can clean a beach and then it you can wait two weeks and then the beach is polluted again with this with the noodles from our spill so so in some way it it lies into the grass and and under the stones and then you have a storm and it appears again but but as much as we picked up around uh, above three tons of plastic noodles and more than six tons of other plastics so we have removed 10 tons no nine ten tons of, of plastics from the beaches in oslo so far and we will not stop until we have picked up more than we spilled so so uh, that's our that's our target when it comes to Okay, I, uh, I, I just want to say I'm very impressed with, with uh, the fact that the company not only notified initially, but then put the dots together and notified again and followed through, stepped up, found creative solutions to remove plastic from the beaches. So I think that's a, that's a very... Um, responsible thing and we're very proud to be associated with C-Trans. And it's also one interesting finding when we have been out taking uh, sort of collect samples. It's clear that there is a very diverse background uh, of uh, nurdles already in, in the archipelagos here. So, so uh, th this particular spill is not unique. Uh, uh, there are lots of pellets already there and, and that's uh, perhaps something we should uh, see if it's possible to dig more into. Because as I, as I said before, um, plastic pellets uh, appear quite innocently when they are laying there, hardly visible, non-smelling, not sticking to the skin, uh, but they represent the uh, a huge pollution and, and it would be very good if we could use this incident as a kickoff to, 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 uh, to do something about the problem. Something has happened with us also, you know, because we, we now put together our own beach cleanup sessions. So, so we've, this year we've had, we've had beach cleanups uh, where I live, uh, arranged or, or organized supported by citrons so so we 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 got a lot of gloves and bags and yellow vests and stuff in the office and we said okay every employee should go out and clean and and this was during the corona so it wasn't really easy but but we managed also in in poland where we have an office they don't have beaches but they have a forest so they call it the forest cleanup day and they went to the forest and, and collected plastic there so so it so when we have had this incident, it has done something with us as a company because we, we realized that this is a big problem and we need to 
we need to do something to 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 change it um and like ola said we are also into this how, how should we transport the noodles how, how how can we do it safer and what we have what we have done with our companies that we've said okay when we when we carry this on board our vessels we won't carry it on the outer lanes of the vessel because those are the ones that are most exposed if damaged so we will always carry them further in where they are more protected and we are working with the authorities and we are working with who we can to to try to to make this safer because if you have a spill of this it's it's just as bad as spilling oil into the sea it, it might even be worse because it's impossible to to collect um so 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 we need some other rules some other regulation when it comes to transporting these things because uh, you don't want it in the sea that's for sure because uh, and it's already too much in the sea unfortunately it doesn't get the attention it requires i think perhaps as you said it doesn't get the attention it deserves and uh, despite the the sad fact that there was a spill of pellets here uh, i'm hopeful that this incident can contribute to raise the awareness uh, on on both transportation of plastic pellets and also on how big a problem it is if they come into the environment i want to thank both of you very very much for participating good a pleasure Here's a little postscript. I talked with Gisla and Ula in November 2020. Gisla said at that time that the goal was to clean up more plastic than was spilled from the vessel. And I'm happy to report that the company met that goal and more. It wasn't all of the nurdles spilled from the transcarrier, but it was plastic on the beaches that has now been picked up and disposed of. I'm also happy to say that Ula and I are part of a guard working group with the mandate to research the transportation of nurdles, the causes and consequences of spills, and to make recommendations on carriage to reduce spills in the future. We learned from our experience with this casualty that prevention is better than cure.